0: I don't know why I get to be the steward of the cafe, but it is the greatest, humbling, honoring experience ever. And so I feel like that's my thing. That's my why. That's why I'm here. That's why I was born. That is my purpose on the planet. Rain podcast.
1: Welcome to Unleash Your Supernova. This is a companion podcast to the Unleash Your Supernova book and a guide to mindfulness and manifestation in creative entrepreneurship and life. I am your host, Nova Lorraine, award-winning fashion designer, author, founder, as well as award-nominated producer and host. Just like an exploding star, we all have the ability to shine millions of times more than the sun, to expand into the greatest, brightest version of ourselves, reaching our fullest potential. Join myself and my inspiring guests as we guide you on a journey of growth, creativity and manifestation in both business and life. My guests are creative entrepreneurs from around the world, doing what they love while shining a light to others. And if you haven't already, definitely subscribe and get the book, Unleash Your Supernova. You will not be disappointed. I am so excited to have our guest today, John Stralecki. Hey, John.
0: Hey there, great to see you. Great to spend time together.
1: Yes, I love that, spending time together, and John is a best-selling author, you probably have all of his books, if not at least one, which we're going to talk about today, and before we dive into what our topic is today, we're going to just share a little bit more about John. John Stralecki is a number one best-selling inspirational author. His books have been translated into over 43 languages and sold more than 7 million copies worldwide. They have won Best Seller of the Year awards seven times and collectively spent more than 1,300 weeks (laughs) on bestseller lists, including more than 300 weeks in the number one spot. John's entry into the world of writing began following a life-changing experience when he was 33 years old. From that, he was inspired to sit down and tell the story shared in his first book, The Cafe on the Edge of the World. Within a year after its release, Word of mouth support from readers had spread that book across the globe, inspiring people on every continent, including Antarctica. It has been a number one bestseller in multiple countries. John went on to write many other books, including sequels to The Cafe on the Edge of the World, the Big Five for Life series of books, and more. When he isn't writing, John is often outdoors in his kayak, riding a surfboard, playing beach volleyball, are traveling the world with his family. Their longest adventure was a year-long backpacking trip to see animals in the wilds of Africa, Malaysia, and Australia. Wow, you are living the life. (laughs) That's all I'm gonna say.
0: (laughs) That is the goal, yeah. I try to be very aware of, all right, what's the adventure that I want to be on and what are the steps to get there and let's make it happen.
1: Yes, I love that. And to spend so much time being able to be outside with your family, traveling. And then what got me is the touring like different wild animal parks or safaris or places. And it's interesting. Just the other day, I was driving back from Michigan and I live on in the Northeast now in Pennsylvania. So I'm driving back and I see this sign that says wild animal park with white tigers and I was like, oh, and I'm like writing it down. I'm like, oh, there's tigers near me. <laughs> you know. And the last time I saw white, white tigers was in New Jersey many years ago when we took the kids on this like outdoor safari in New Jersey. OK, definitely not Malaysia or Africa. That's as close as I'm getting right now. <laughs> so I am going to live vicariously through you, but definitely is on my want list. So, yeah,
0: I'm wired the same way like you just described. I'll see a sign like that and I'm like, all right, we're going like. I don't know why, but ever since I was a little kid, I have been wired that I love Africa in particular, but I love animals from anywhere around the world. And so, yeah, it's just a conscious effort to make that a part of our reality. When my daughter was two, she was growing up so fast that I decided we would do Adventure Day twice a week. And so I would pack up the stroller and the backpack. I'm sure you remember from those days when the kids are so little and you got the snack bag and... And off we would go and we would do adventure days. And there was always a thousand reasons why there was so much going on that it didn't make sense. But now at this point, she's 14. I'm so happy that I made all of that time for adventure days because I treasure every single one of those memories. And we would do it. We would hit every animal park, every zoo, every any, anything you could imagine that's not an adventurous, we would do within two hour drive. We
1: I love that. So adventure days. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, I wish I had a cool coin term like that. <laughs> for the kids. I was like, okay, guys, we're going, whatever. We're here, there, whatever. But You know, smooth. I actually,
0: so I, in part, I learned it from someone else. Um, she was this amazing woman who I had met years before. She would read The Cafe on the Edge of the World, and she was a reporter. She wanted to meet, and she told me something really precious. She said that when she was a kid, her dad and mom would gather brochures, and they would put them on the kitchen table for the summer trip, and they would let her and her sisters pick where they were going to go. And of course, the parents had sort of pre screens right? But so they had all of these brochures in the table and the kids could literally pick which adventure they wanted to go on. And she said it was the most empowering thing as a little kid to be like, wow, like I get to be the one responsible for yeah. picking the adventure. And so somehow, some way that memory had stuck with me. And so then when it was, like I said, when I saw my daughter growing so fast, I was like, all right, how do we make this a really cool collaborative experience? And so, yeah, I'd always let my daughter pick. And I'd be like, and I'd have options for, her, but I'd be like, what do you want to do? That would be our adventure day. That's like, and we incredible. still do it. She's fourteen. We still do it.
1: That's incredible. That reminds me when my kids were younger. So we, they're all competitive athletes, and they started young doing sports. But when they had a day off, like there was one time where there was a middle of the week Wednesdays, no, no practice. So every Wednesday, we found a new park to go to, and it was this adventure. And at the time we were living in Florida by the beach and there's nothing more awesome than going to a full blown park with monkey bars and slides and everything with the ocean as the backdrop, right? And so every week we would just travel to another little town and go and explore and experience these incredible parks. And similarly, like finding different adventure parks, the zoos, or I can't remember what the one that was in like tampa what is the name of that
0: one yeah the lowry park zoo
1: yeah (laughs) but anyway definitely we've always had a fascination with like wild animals you know and big animals and
0: well i will tell you if that's the case like go like you know find a way to make it happen so there was we did it we took sophia when she was four and a half to do this adventure that you referenced earlier and the goal Mm I did a major trip when I was in my early 30s, left everything behind, backpacked around the world, and that totally changed my life. That's actually what launched me to write The Cafe on the Edge of the World. And so when Sophia was four and a half, I was like, well, it's really important that we give her that worldliness. A, A, to ground her, you know, once you've spent time in third world countries and other places, first of all, you realize like, just because we do things this way here doesn't mean that it's the way it's done everywhere. That's really a powerful lesson to learn. And second of all, when you're traveling in a third world country, especially, it really makes you realize just how lucky you are to have basic things where you live. And so I wanted her to have those experiences. And uh, so, yeah, we did. We took a year and backpacked around the world with her when she was that little. And, uh, you know, what's weird is that you think people have said to me, well, does she remember it? And I get that. That's like, oh, was it worth it? but it's it ends up not being that way. It's like she remembers fragments of it, but the point is that you give them a foundational element which then carries forward. Absolutely. And I think that's a great way to approach our lives too. I don't know about you, but I can't really remember much from seven years ago, even <laughs> 10 years ago. Right? <laughs> But it doesn't mean it wasn't worth doing. You know, when you're a kid, you, you rake up a pile of leaves and you jump in. Not because yes. you're going to remember it seven years later or you've got the selfie photo. You just do it because it seems like a great way to spend the day. That's right. And uh, So I try and bring that aspect into my life as much as possible. That Like, okay, what did I love to do as a kid and why? And that's good enough. It doesn't have to have long-term memory value.
1: Well, I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only kid, myself and my siblings, who raked up the leaves and <laughs> jumped in. <laughs> And then literally tunnel through them like we're going into another world.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That childlike approach to life is one of the greatest things if you can maintain even just a fraction of that as you go through adulthood.
1: That's right. Well, this is a great time to talk about your why and some of it you've mentioned and teased. And as you know, in the beginning of my book, Unleash Your Supernova, I discuss why. And for us to evaluate that, because it literally becomes our North star in everything we do. And it's actually gonna be the topic we're gonna dive into later as well, as it was one of the questions you saw on the menu, you know, that you had to evaluate at the beginning of your book. And so in general, we're gonna fast forward to now, not necessarily before the book and that experience, but why are you doing what you're doing now? Like clearly you could have had that experience. You could have said, oh, that was cool. That was interesting. And you could have even been written that first book and say, okay, I wrote about it and then went on about your life. But you've continued to deliver all these wonderful works and continuing to share with the world. So why are you doing what you're doing?
0: I think if I had to sort of summarize it into something really brief, I would say it's because there was a time when I was very lost and I felt very alone. I was in my head asking these questions. As you mentioned, the first question on the menu in the cafe is, why am I here? And... Like I remember being a teenager and thinking to myself, okay, so this is the way life works. Like you go through school, then you get a degree in something, and then you get a job that you're going to not really like, and then you're gonna do that until you're 65. And hopefully at that point you have enough money to retire and then do the fun stuff. Like this seemed like a travesty of life.
1: (laughs) Right? (laughs)
0: But I looked around and nobody seemed to have a better plan. And Mm. I just couldn't help but thinking to myself, wait, like, is this all there is? Why am I here? What is the point of life? But I felt very alone. It didn't seem like anybody else was asking that question. Mm. And so what I've realized, though, when I do signings and events and I meet with people is very often people are saying, I felt very alone also. And then I read your book and I realized I'm not the only one asking these questions. that it's it's okay to ask these bigger life questions. It's okay to be more of a conscious director of your existence than just a recipient of whatever life throws you. So I do it for those reasons, Nova. I do it because I have been in that place. I have felt very alone. I have felt like this was kind of meaningless and Mm -hmm. I didn't like the way that felt. And there's nothing more, I mean, humbling and rewarding than to interact with a fan. You know, there's so many beautiful stories that people have sent over the years Mm -hmm. or, there's one that will never leave me. Uh, I was uh-huh. doing an event. A woman waited two and a half hours to be the last person in line to get their book signed. Wow. And she was young, like in her early 20s. And she came up and I, I said, thank you so much. You've waited so long to be here. You know, what inspired you to be here today? And she slid the cafe on the edge of the world across the table to get it signed. And I looked and her wrists were bandaged and I could tell mm. she had tried to commit suicide. Oh. And she said... I wanted to be the last person because I wanted to thank you because I'm here today because of this. She slid the book across the table. Wow. So I don't know why I get to be the steward of the cafe, Mm. but it is the greatest humbling, honoring experience ever. And so I feel like that's my thing. That's my why. That's why I'm here. That's why I was born. That is my purpose on the planet.
1: Uh, I don't even know what to say. There's so much in there. I mean, with the young woman who was touched and... When we think about life and how connected we really are, and I see it as I often use like a spider's web, even though I'm not a fan of spiders. <laughs> just, I'm like, why do I keep using that? I don't like spiders. But anyway, I see this web, this very fragile, but yet powerful, beautiful design that's all connected. And for it to be and for it to work, it has to all be connected. And each part is just as important as the other part. So the corner to the long strings in between to the curved parts. And I feel we are that like every aspect of who we are and what we're doing, why we are here is to serve this purpose in this web. And the fact that you recognized that your purpose included being the stored of this information, because this woman was touched by it, however many years later, like just that's just mind blowing to me. But even so, as a teenager, to start asking that question, because we are conditioned with this narrative, right? You do this, you get the house, you get the white picket fence, you get the dog, you get the, 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 the everything's great, you're happy. And then you're like, uh, I got all the check boxes, I'm still not happy. What did I miss? Yeah. And, Another reason, so I'm gonna back up because I think this is important for me to share that. Why well, do
0: I, I- just wanna jump in real quick and say that, And so for I think people who are listening, especially people who are very empathic, very caring, and who do see the world a different way, that can be a lonely place at times, especially when you're younger, because everybody else seems to have it figured out. They're doing their thing, it's more of a celebrity cycle, and it can be a little daunting. And so my advice, if you're in that position now is, you know what, hold your ground because you're going to find your footing and you're going to realize that the reason that you have those insights, the reason that your brain works that particular way is because you have a gift. You have a genius inside you that is waiting to come out and you're going to add something to that spider web, which is not just going to help your life, but it's going to dramatically help the lives of many other people too. And so what right now might feel like A little bit of an imposition is going to turn into one of your greatest assets, if you let it.
1: So well said. Love, 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 love. (laughs) And it's, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking of young adults and teenagers that I have mentored over the years. And to your point, if you do start asking those questions and you do have that sense of compassion and empathy, it is a very lonely feeling. And you could be a teenager, you could be in your 30s, 40s, 50s, what have you, but it doesn't mean that the feeling changes based on your age. And But it's such a difficult time to go through that as a teen, as a young adult, because you're supposed to fall in line. You're supposed to do what everyone else does, to feel loved and accepted and appreciated and all these things that the world and or your community or tribe is telling you. And so how do you then say, well, I'm surrounded by a lot of people or... I have a whole bunch of followers or fans. Why do I still feel alone? Why do I still feel that there's more to life than this? And we've heard from many people who've reached pinnacles in success, what we consider success, may it be financial success or celebrity or fame success. And they're still asking why. And they're still unhappy because that's the bonus. It's not the answer. And beautifully said. Yeah, I was reading your book as part of the book club, as I was sharing with you, my Tuesday's Book Club podcast, and I was so moved by the book and from very beginning to end. And I said, I have to find I have to find him and I have to interview him and I have to share his word, his knowledge, his energy to as many people as possible beyond this book and i read a lot i'm a big nerd i love to read and if i can i'm reading at least one new book a week i'm typically reading three books at the same time <laughs> So, and even still i was so moved it was it's a guide it's a handbook it's a tool that you can add to your toolbox and you could refer back to and it's simple and it's easy to get through it's quick to get through but i feel it's one of those things that everyone should have and everyone should reference and I remember asking myself, why am I here? And it sounds like a ludicrous question. Well, you're here to do all the things that you were told you should be doing. You know, why even ask that question? And so even just asking the question feels very strange and very lonely as well, even to get to the point where you're there. And so that resonated with me from the moment when I when I was reading it, as you looked at the menu and we'll get to that in turn. If you have not read the book yet, you'll know what we're talking about. But And I was like, wow, there's so much beautiful knowledge and information that's being shared, but very few touch on this question because that's where it starts. And if you can sit with that and be patient, as you say, and let that come to you, let the answer come to you, it is life-changing and that will continue to guide you. You're going to continue to get back to that. Even, okay, you're at a Starbucks, for example, ask yourself, why am I here? Why am I here at this Starbucks? Because everything has its purpose. Everything affects the web, right? Right. And So it just forces you to be in a more present moment, conscious moment with purpose. And when you have purpose, you have this higher energy and this meaning and you just feel better and you feel good and you want to connect the dots with whoever you're around. So anyway, I could talk
0: about this. Yeah, no, it's, I, I think exactly what you're saying is a great illustration of the path to get from wherever somebody is. And again, I've been on that side where I was very confused and uncertain. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't understand. I didn't feel I had a purpose. I didn't feel like there was any purpose in general. And so I was struggling. I was trying to figure all that stuff out. And what you just said is a beautiful illustration of that, that asking that simple question, why am I here? And ideally, you want to do it in a natural setting where there's no distractions. So, you know, listening to uh, music at the same time that you're doing it is a little distracting. Reading something on your phone is a little distracting. So allow yourself a tiny little break to be in nature, walking along that beach you were talking about, walking in the woods, and just ask that question. Why am I here? Why do I exist? And... We live in a world where we expect things now to be instantaneous because you can type it into Google and you get your answer in like a microsecond. This (laughs) one may take a little bit longer and that's okay because this is without a doubt the biggest question you'll probably encounter and ask yourself in your life. But give it a few weeks, give it a a month if necessary where you're allowing those thoughts to come through and just see what evolves, see what develops. And then what you described for the reason that you contacted me, which thank you very much for doing that first of all is that that's kind of what you're going for in life, in my opinion. The goal is to get to the point where you're in sync with whatever your purpose is, whatever your why is. Because when you do that, you kind of glow. And whether you're looking to get into a great relationship, and so you're looking for a partner, a significant other, or you're looking to grow your business, because I know a lot of your followers of this podcast are business people, you want to be in that spot where you're glowing, because then that attracts people to you. And the best way to do that is to be in sync with your purpose. And so it's worth asking the question.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to set the stage for those who have not yet read the book. And I'm going to just share my experience and I'm going to hand that over to you so you can paint the picture of this cafe that was mentioned earlier. And being the steward of this wonderful experience and the knowledge that came from that and the awareness that came from that. So Okay, listeners, I'm reading this book where it was recommended by one of the other co hosts, a dear friend. And I typically don't like knowing ahead of time what I'm about to get into because I I really see reading a new book as an adventure. So I'm like, ooh, first step into whatever this world I'm getting into. And I'm doing this on audio because a lot of I'm on the run a lot. So I'm listening and I'm creating all the visuals in my head of John taking this trip on (laughs) this off the highway. He got diverted off of his path. And that's a whole other story of the thoughts that were going through his head before he even decided to go the other way on the highway, ends up in the middle of nowhere. And he's so calm about it. Yeah, I guess you were getting a little upset and hungry and maybe a little worried, but I, I don't know how I would have reacted. I don't know if I would be as calm. And he's literally miles and miles and miles in the dark driving through who knows where he has no idea where he's going. But he sets the stage even before that saying, okay, this may not sound like this is this really happened, but it did happen. But it's up to you to f- decide if you want to believe it or not. So I was like, ooh, I love this. This is like sci-fi, Twilight Zone. I'm in. Let me get the popcorn. So I was ready. <laughs> and, and I'm just like waiting. Like, okay, what's going to be the twist? What's going to be the twist? Had no idea what was in store. And so then he, he comes on, he comes up to this, really you know spectacular it seemed like how it described cafe restaurant in the middle of nowhere it seems so out of place in terms of how he describes the architecture and the signage and then the even the name of the cafe so i'm gonna stop there i'm gonna hand you the mic and if you could just paint the picture of those opening scenes in the book to the point where you got to the menu the first question on the menu why Am I here?
0: Sure. Yeah. So the John, the, the person that is doing the driving, trying to find this place is at a point where life is just fine. It's like his job is fine. His life is fine. It's not bad. It's not great. It's just fine. And so, yeah, he goes off on this driving trip, gets horribly lost. And as he pulls into the, this drive, there's a single light in a location. So remote it's in the middle of the middle of nowhere. And there's just (laughs) one light and underneath it is this building. And it's like a fifties diner cafe. And he goes inside and everything looks brand new. And as you said, it's kind of odd because it's literally in the middle of nowhere. And uh, he can't quite figure this place out. It's got a little bit of a weird vibe to it, an unusual vibe to it. And when he sits down, he flips over the menu and on the back of the menu, there's three questions. Why are you here? Do you fear death? And are you fulfilled? And initially he's like, what the, (laughs) where have I just walked into? But he starts talking to people in the cafe and he starts to realize like, there is definitely something special about this place. And by the time he leaves the next morning, he has a new perspective, not about just his life, but about life overall. And that sort of sets the stage for what will happen for him next in the rest of his life.
1: Yeah, and then the stories that you share, the examples that you give, why are you here? And imagine if in elementary school, this question was asked. Imagine at the beginning of every school year, and even at the end, even in the middle, because that can change. And the realization, the reflection that you would take upon yourself and everything around you would be so different. Because I do feel like we're just going through life. You know, a lot of us, we're just going, we're checking the boxes, we're, we're going after the awards, the accolades, and we're still wondering why are we still in this search of something, right? And I remember going to Jamaica in for my honeymoon. It was the first time I was there as an adult, because I was born there. And my parents and my siblings and I would go back every year as kids, we would go back and visit family and spend time there. But as a kid, you're just going, oh, you're with your siblings, you're having fun, you're on vacation, you're not in school. And so when I went to college, that was the last time that I had gone. So now after college and before grad school, it was my first adult trip. It was with my husband on my honeymoon. I remember we were driving from the airport in Montego Bay along the coast. And I'm looking in awe at this magnificent blue ocean. Just can't even describe the layers and colors. And we're literally just feet away, maybe a couple feet away as the the van was driving us from the airport. And maybe about a three-hour ride to Negril Beach. And I'm looking around at the landscape, the people, the water, and taking this all in and wondering how am I just now noticing this, right? (laughs) Because as a kid, we go every year. Why am I in awe? But it was the first time I was paying attention. I was aware and I was present, like in, you know, with, as an adult anyway, and you, you have this experience you're coming with. And then I'm looking around and I'm like, wow, my parents, immigrated to America to make a better life for us, which super grateful for. So and they've sacrificed so much and worked so hard, which is part of my inspiration of what I why I do what I do. And then I think, wow, and the whole goal is to get back here. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. And you're (laughs) here. You know? I'm like, I don't understand. I was so confused because the people on the island are looking to leave the island to go to work to earn enough to come back to life of what they're already living. And it just didn't make any sense. And even as an adult, I always question, why are we retiring at 65? Why are we waiting for this number to do what we want to, you know, start living life? I mean, first of all, hopefully you'll be of sound mind and body, but you're not going to have the same amount of energy and muscle tone and all that you have in your younger years. So why would you, to do the things that you would may want to do, why would you wait until that? It just never really made sense to me.
0: Yeah, well, here's a startling statistic to that point. So one out of yeah. about one out of five men will never make it to 65.
1: Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> no. Nobody talks
0: about that. It's a it's unbelievable. I actually wrote about it in the sequel book to The Cafe, The Cafe and the Ends of the World. And that, yeah, if you look at the numbers, one out of five guys. So if that's your dream plan, it's like, okay, I'm buying into that. I'm gonna wait, <laughs> and then at 65, okay, but hope that you're in the 80% because 20% don't get. It and so wow. yeah i'm with you the ability to look and say okay what would my life be like if it was actually living my dream life and that may seem bold and audacious but you know what someone is living your dream life it exactly. might as well be you <laughs> why not right and maybe it'll take you a couple of years to get there or maybe it'll take some tweaks to the way in which you do things or the career or whatever but these types of things that once you know them it seems so obvious, but until I knew them, it wasn't obvious. For example, let's say that you're an outdoor adventurer and Mm -hmm. for a living, you're doing accounting. Well, at least be an accountant for an outdoor adventure company. Like if you can take the thing that you love to do on the weekend and somehow make that part of how you spend Monday through Friday with whatever your core skill set is, you're way ahead of the game. And to your point though, nobody in my entire years of schooling ever shared that unbelievable gem of wisdom with me that if you can somehow blend those two together dude you're going to be a lot happier as you go through your days and so these little tweaks these little changes again it may not take zero effort but the effort is so well worth it because the payoff lasts for a long long time and so asking that question what would my dream life be like and who's living it and what would be the path to get there spectacular technique for making next year even better than this year
1: so Let's go back to the question. Why are you here? I want to go back to that moment. You're in a food cafe. (laughs) And so the first, you probably would have an answer to the first one. I'm here to get something to eat. But then it's followed up with, do you fear death? So in your opinion, do you feel that most people don't ask that first question because it's typically the second? It's the fear of death that's... Not wanting to think about it or embrace that or to connect those two dots. So therefore, I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to go along and pretend that this game is not really a game that I'm playing, you know, because it is. This is a game, right? And
0: Right. Yeah. Statistically speaking, you get 28,900 days to play the game. You hope that it's more. (laughs) Some people do get more. Some people get less. I had a friend who passed away recently, 53 years old. Mm. For so mm. you hope that you get more, sometimes you get less, but statistically you get 28,900 days to play the game. Wow. And the question is, what are you going to do? What's your strategy? And I love this analogy of the game because to me, if I was to give you a boy, if you and I sat down and someone slid a game onto the table, mm-hmm. like the first thing we would do is like, look at the instructions. How do you win? How do you even play? Yeah. And yet when you think about life here, you do. And of course it makes sense. You show up as a baby. You don't know any better. But yes. at some point, it's okay for us to start asking that question of, how do you actually play this game in a way that you win?
1: Yeah. And of yeah. course,
0: that definition is going to change for each of us. Your version of victory might be different from mine, right. and that's okay, as long as it's your authentic version of what victory in this life is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And I don't, to your question about death, I don't think that people fear dying. It's not the act of dying that we fear. I think what we fear is getting to the end of our life and realizing that we haven't really lived it the way that we wanted to live it. And the beautiful thing is that if we allow ourselves to identify, to ask that question, the first one, why am I here? If we allow ourselves to identify the things that we most want to do, see or experience, and then we actually do them. So if it's, I want to go to Africa someday, and then you go to Africa, nobody can take it away from you. It's like the difference between renting your life and owning your life. So when you rent, you're just paying money out, right? But when you live your life, when you own your life, you're building equity because an adventure like that is not just something that has a payout of the two weeks that you're in Africa. You dream about it before you go. You plan. You can't wait to go. You're doing research. You're getting all excited about it. And then every time you think about it afterwards, you get another return on your investment because it just gives you quality, happy, smiley moments every time you think about it afterwards. And so these types of things, again, these like little life hacks to me are one of the great victories if you can start embracing and adapting these things. So yeah, I don't think that second question is something where we fear the act of dying. I think it's the fear that we get to the end and we haven't lived the life that we wanted to live. So, okay, awesome. So now that I know that, what do I need to tweak in my life so that that's not a concern anymore?
1: That's right. And I I love how you put the numbers (laughs) to to life. Because if you think about, okay, each, it almost, you know, by counting, not saying count the days, right? We don't want to, but it's just, if you quantify, we have a time period here based on our biology. And therefore every day is precious because then there's all these unexpected things that can come up along the way. And so if, if every day is treated as if it's a precious day and you did at least one thing that you love to do, then every day was valuable. You got something out of that day as opposed to just, okay, hit the alarm clock, we'll get into the car, back to, and so, and it could be, you love to run, we'll run today. You love strawberries, we'll eat strawberries today. Like you (laughs) know, it, it doesn't have to be this huge thing but it's something that's bringing you to that moment where you're appreciating the game of life you are at least winning that day and then totally. that has a ripple effect totally. because you're like oh i like that i want more and then it helps you think exactly. of more things that you love to do because you know what another thing john i realized when we talk about waiting till the end so there's this thing called the bucket list so what is the bucket when you kick the bucket Right. What what is that statement? Things to do before you die. You know, it's like, so it's everything is towards this end of life sort of concept. Right. Where I was like, okay, I don't even like that term. Why not? Let's make it the want list. You know, these are things you want and there's no time period. You can get it today. You can get it tomorrow. And so I feel that if but when I would ask the question, well, what would you put on your want list? People would stop and freeze and they would have a hard time even adding things to that list we we don't spend a lot of time even thinking about that i don't think or afraid to claim it
0: i agree so two things leap out at me as you're describing that one is that it's very often that people will wait until they have a near-death experience before they start asking the bigger questions and so Mm. it's you know sort of that archetype story you're on the way to the hospital you just had the heart attack or an almost heart attack Mm. and now you're like oh my gosh all that stuff that was so critical that i couldn't miss before now i'm going to start rethinking it But the problem with a near-death experience is you get very close to death. And in some cases, cases, you don't walk away from the other side of that. Like, Mm -hmm. that's it. That's where the story ends. Mm -hmm. But if you allow yourself to have what I call near-life experiences, and that is where you so closely touch perfection in whatever your version of perfection is. So if that's going for a run at 6 in the morning to watch the sunrise along Lake Michigan and Chicago, right? If that is spending a day with your kids at the playground doing nothing but playing ice cream shop, that's perfection, right? And the more you allow yourself to have these near life experiences, the more the other stuff feels very pale in comparison. And so, it's a hundred percent in alignment with what you were just saying. And if you want to, a great method is to just keep a little little journal where every night before you go to bed, you just write down what you did that was part of your near life experiences. Mm. I call them your big five for life—the things you most want to do to so your experience in, in your life. And if you write that down in your journal, and then you start flipping through that you start to realize like, those are the best parts of my day and your brain, your unconscious mind will start working with you to figure out, okay, that was so much more fun than the other stuff. Like, what's the way that we go from point A to point B on a higher percentage of our minutes? And so you you can actually activate your brain to be part of the solution solving process. And I like to do it right before bedtime because to me, those eight hours become unbelievably useful asset hours Because your unconscious mind is thinking that whole time, like, okay, Nova loved this part of the day. Like she said, that was the best part of the day. So let's think of lots of cool ways for when she wakes up eight hours from now, she can have more of that tomorrow. So why not use that as part of our life cycle to give us the chance to live the life that we most want to live?
1: I love that hack. Okay. So end of the day, we're writing in our journal, our big five. And what are the five most things that we want to accomplish, period? Or-
0: Well, so the big five for life are the five things you most want to do, see, or experience in your lifetime while you're here on the planet. And then what you write down or whatever you did today that was part of that. So if your dream is to go to New Zealand, by the way, there's there's a completely spectacular way to make sure you cannot mess this up, which is if your dream is to go to New Zealand, for example get yourself a great guidebook about New Zealand. And if you get to the end of the night and you're like, oh my gosh, I've done nothing related to my big five for life today, <laughs> then pick up your other book, which is the guidebook about New Zealand and read it for five minutes, then pick up your journal and write, I read about New Zealand for five minutes yeah. today. This is like, you cannot fail. But whatever it is, you're getting to the end of the night and you're like, all right, what were the parts of my day that were most in sync with the life that I want to live? And okay. it's just a wonderful practice to be a in gratitude to help recenter the day, And then, like I said, it activates the unconscious mind so that while you're sleeping, it's thinking of ways to get you there even more minutes the next day.
1: Oh, such a powerful gem, because I feel that a lot of us have the intent, the interest. We want to do it. But where do you start?
0: Yeah, this is a super easy way to start.
1: That and then bring it to like connecting. Okay, see, do experience. I have to get the book. I'm going to have to get the book. (laughs) I'm going to have to get the book and then connecting the dots. Okay, what did I do? that's a part of one of these five things. And it could be as simple as getting a book related to that. It could be as simple as reading a blog about it.
0: Totally, watch a YouTube video.
1: Yeah, watching a YouTube video, talking to someone in that field or from that location. And you are just aligning yourself with that energy to bring that to reality more quickly.
0: And and for someone someone who's struggling to take steps, by the way, this is an incredible way to get your brain on board because these little steps, when you don't die in the process, like that is the the great fear of the brain, that it's okay, whatever we did today, or whatever we did yesterday, we should do today, because it all worked out well, we're still here. And so your brain is very resistant to change, Mm. but you can help your brain get over that by doing these simple little steps, and as a really, really basic example. So if you decide, I want to sail around the world for six months of the year, and you're looking at a YouTube video, and on that YouTube video, there is a woman on a sailboat, your unconscious mind goes, well, wait a minute, that's a woman and we're a woman and she's happy. And I like to be happy. This can't be that bad. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, again, it's like there's these little simple things to get your brain on board. And so, yeah, videos are a great one. I loved your idea of reading a blog because I think we connect with another human story. So mm-hmm. that can be really powerful. Whatever works for you in your mind. But yeah, at least five minutes a day at the end of the day is awesome technique.
1: Yeah, I love that. And then taking that into your dream state and letting yeah. letting your mind work for you letting your subconscious work for you while you're sleeping i mean genius genius i love that i am so excited i can't wait to get the book <laughs> that was a gem thank you thank you for sharing that this it. is a good time for me to hand you the mic and you play yeah. host and then we'll wrap up with some a couple more questions from our listeners and then we'll have to say goodbye
0: goodbye we can always reconvene okay so my question we talked offline just for a little bit and you you planted a seed about an experience that you had and so if you feel like it's okay to share it with the audience it's something you want to talk about i would love to know the details behind that Yeah. and as a part two question i will say mm-hmm. if there are any particular things that you've discovered over the course of your life that are just go-to little life hacks that made your life a lot easier are making your life a lot easier i would love to know one or two of those if you've got one handy
1: Absolutely. Okay. So going back to that experience, one of the things I shared with John when reading his book was the the entire story seems very supernatural. And a lot of times we may dismiss things that are out of the ordinary or extraordinary, uh, but John actually shared that in a book and now sharing that with the world. And I think that's so powerful because it inspires others who've had these extraordinary experiences to share as well. So there was a time that it was 10, 11 o'clock at night, driving home with my, two of my four, my youngest two children in the car. My husband was driving, and we were coming back from a a gymnastics competition. And we we were watching our daughter do gymnastics in college. And the weather was really bad out of nowhere. And so it's sleeting, it's raining, you know, it's snowing, who knows what's happening. (laughs) The the sky couldn't make it with that night. It was just bad. So We have a real, we at the time had a Chevy Suburban. So if you ever seen a Chevy Suburban, it's long truck. It's an amazing family travel vehicle. (laughs) And so anyway, so we are driving this Suburban and it's again, it's late at night. The weather's horrible. We're maybe about 15 minutes in actual time away from home, but due to the weather, about 30 minutes. So we're like, I'm like, oh, come on. We're almost there, almost there, almost there. Then out of nowhere, the car starts spinning. And again, Suburban spinning 360 on a highway, you're catching all three lanes as you're spinning. So I then see a future vision of the guardrail, the Suburban hitting the guardrail, and then us flipping because, you know, with physics, this is what should happen if you've studied physics. And and so being in tune with what was happening, I was like, okay, there's the guardrail. We're going to hit, we're going to flip. And in my mind, I'm thinking of, My younger son was directly behind my husband and it would have been his side of the car that would have hit first. And so I'm seeing this before it happens. And this is all in seconds. And then I reach out with my hands in front of me. And then I just scream no at the top of my lungs. Not ah, or it was literally no. And all of a sudden the car stops. We're on the grass in the opposite direction of what we were driving so facing oncoming traffic but now on the grass and we're about six inches away from the guardrail exactly parallel not angled exactly parallel six inches from the guardrail facing the opposite direction on the median and because we all literally my husband and I were like okay this was it right (laughs) we're like this is it so we were just stunned realized that okay we're okay and he spins the car around to go back in the right direction and we head back on the highway Now, all of that happened with enough time for no cars to pass. Unbelievable. And we had enough time to get back on the highway with two miles an hour because the roads were still bad before the next car came. So all of that. And as we were driving away, I was just sitting there in awe and gratitude and humility, like everything. And of course, the adrenaline was pumping because literally it was a near-death experience. And... I would say to be a part of that miracle in that moment and no laws of physics could explain what just happened. And that was a supernatural, extraordinary, beautiful moment where the, your intention can change the course
0: of your reality. And what an extreme example of having to be in the moment, realizing the moment, and at the same time, understanding that you can perhaps direct the moment. That's unbelievable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that was the first time I shared that publicly. but. There you go.
0: <laughs> Is it something that you reflect on at times?
1: Absolutely. Because, you know, when you hear of stories of mothers that are able to get extraordinary abilities of strength in moments where their children are in distress and mm-hmm. things like that. And so I truly believe that it was my realization, not of my life, but my child's life that was just, again, from just a circumstance, he was closest to the place of impact that would have Mm -hmm. been affected to create this surge of desire that translated into the outcome. And so when you think about that and how else can that be applied, because it happened then, what were the components in that moment that allow that to happen in such an extreme way where you could bring that into your everyday?
0: Yeah. Wow. That's profound. Yeah. If you could tap even one one-hundredth of that (laughs) as you're going through your average minutes, that's incredible.
1: That would be just... I'd be a superhero. (laughs) (laughs) Yes!
0: (laughs) Well, and and what's amazing is that, I mean, you talked about it, that there are these examples of people who, they rush, they literally have the capacity to lift a car, a child is underneath there. There's these amazing stories of when the situation is unique and right, that we have these superhuman capabilities. And so what if we started to ask ourselves interesting questions about Mm. that, such as... In what way could I have that every moment? Mm-hmm. In what way could I access that awareness? Not just when I'm spinning 360 in a nice highway in a suburban, but when I'm walking into a business meeting, when I'm thinking mm-hmm. about my plan for my life, that calmness, that centeredness, like basically you prove to yourself in that moment, in the midst of the chaos, you could maintain calm. And oh, my gosh, what a profound state of awareness that is for the rest of your life, that no matter what you're in, you're going to be OK if you can just center yourself and you know you can center yourself. That's spectacular.
1: Oh, thank you for sharing that back to me. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, well, hold that. That was wonderful how you shared that.
0: And, and I love the fact that you've shared it with your audience, because I would imagine that when people reflect that there have been, uh, hopefully it's not a suburban spinning on the highway and and the ice as well, but but I would imagine that there has been a moment in their life too, where they were able to maintain calm and centered in the face of chaos. That's right. So that's a power that they have too. Beautiful story. Wow. Thank
1: you. Thank you. And when what you just said made me think of fear and that was a moment where you have every reason to be fearful, but when you're able to not let the fear lead you, but it was really the love of saving, you know, my family that led me. Right. Like, the fear of that other outcome. So if we, we always have a choice. And that's the thing that I think comes to me when you just share that in terms of the chaos and being centered in the moment of chaos, anything can be seen as chaotic, And if we know in that moment, we can choose, you Mm -hmm. know, which emotion do we want to align with and move with that emotion, I think is powerful because the, if it was fear, then maybe I was screaming, maybe who knows. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have centered myself. I wouldn't have been intentional. I wouldn't have been present, but it was the, that force of love and protection and safety and intent. And so when we are able to say, okay, going back to why am I here? Even if you can't answer that for yourself, you are still here to unpack someone else. And if you are no longer here, or if you are no longer writing books, if you're no longer playing volleyball, if you're no longer singing that song, someone is going to miss out. And so even if we can understand that we are here for so many other people to enjoy their life in one way or another and it just makes us feel more centered and it gives us more purpose to help us not so quickly choose fear because i think that's the reaction that's that's the narrative that we're sold a lot around us and you got to get this because you'll lose out on that you got to do this because you won't have that Mm -hmm. that.
0: right yeah that's it so one of the things that i love in that what you said in your example there and it ties back to what we're talking about about the game What you discovered in that moment is that you're the game master. You're the one actually controlling the game.
1: (laughs) Ooh, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to take that with me today. I'm going to remember that. And I'm going to share that and pass that forward. And I'm going to remind people that you're the game master. Ooh, thank you.
0: Yeah. And knowing that doesn't change the game. Like it still can be super fun. You get to interact and you can tone it down when you want to tone it down. But when the chips are hitting the table and you really need it, you're the game master.
1: Oh, that is so powerful. That resonates on so many levels with me. I'm going to hold that because I feel that as much as I'm going to refer back to me, as much as I may read and share and learn and encourage others, there's always that self-doubt, right? Like that little thing to go, ooh, well, what if, what if, and to have that, little thing like wait a minute I'm the game master like remind myself like that little coin phrase just like it's adventure day <laughs> another yeah. coined phrase I love that because it just brings that the energy and the information that we shared right there in that little phrase and so thank you for that I'm going to share that and I'm going to pass that on as well
0: all brought out because you shared that story that's it's just a great illustration of the way in which you chose in that moment to be the game master and that, isn't that cool that's like if you were playing a video game mm-hmm. and as you progress through the game, you get insights. Ooh, there's like a secret box what over there. Is? And if I hit the secret box, I get yeah. like this superpower or I get whatever. Yeah. And so maybe in truth, that is the way that this whole algorithm is designed of life. Wow. That you just discovered one of the secret boxes where you get to <laughs> be the game master for the rest of the time on the planet now.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so... such a clear picture that you just painted and immediately I think back to my younger son and him playing Minecraft and he's such a master (laughs) of Minecraft and I'm like I'm always in awe where he's trying to teach me and I'm like clunking around and and he's like building buildings in like the same amount of time that I'm like trying to pick myself back up to look upwards and (laughs) (laughs) the analogy of the video game I think is perfect I think it's perfect To answer the second question about the little hack or thing I've learned along the way, I'll share something that I shared with someone this morning who is really hoping that she gets this opportunity and the opportunity will afford her a lot more free time to do what she loves. So then I said to her, I just said, congratulations, you got it. Not that it's coming. I'm like, hey, start celebrating right now. You have it. So that was one thing, like stating it as it has already happened. And then Mm -hmm. the next thing is, What is the very first thing you're going to do when you get the response you're looking for? Because if your energy is focused on that, if your attention is focused on the very next thing, that means it happened. And so you're almost forcing it to happen by visualizing that very first thing, because it's the next step. And I think a lot of times, for whatever reason, we can come up with a million here. It's hard for us to grasp that real, that big thing that we want. But then we can see past it. So after the trip in Africa, what is the very first thing you're going to do? Well, I'm going to create an album with my photos or I'm going to give this gift I bought to Aunt Shirley or whatever. What is that very first thing you're going to do, which is going to force the event? So that's a Um, quick hack because I think there's a lot of mental blocks that we still have to work through in order to be able to write our want list and then execute the want list, you know, get the journal, like all these things, like we want it in our heart, yeah. but it's like breaking through those walls that we've built up around yourself.
0: Yeah. Like using the go to Africa example, I can see that. So even backtracking it, not necessarily what are you going to do when you get back, but what is the first thing you're going to do after you land?
1: Ooh, and so yes. now
0: the, the unconscious mind is like, oh, we're already in with the whole we're going part. So yeah, let me think yeah. about what I'm going to do when I get there. That's yes. an awesome technique. I love that. Because I think if you did that one at the, use that one at the end of the night thing, like we were talking about, where it's the last thing you're thinking about. So go to bed asking your brain, what's the first thing we're going to do in Africa after we land? Like it's got eight hours to work on that and make that (laughs) reality happen. That's an awesome hack right there.
1: Yes. Oh, okay. All right. So that's one. The other one I'll say is helping get yourself in the present moment. And I think that's when we can activate these superpowers that we were just talking about. But again, What does that even mean? If we've lived the majority of our days not being present, we're either regretting the past or anxious about the future. I don't even know what that feels like. So this is something I'm going to credit to my son, my firstborn. And we were talking about being in the present moment and being mindful and what does that mean and how do you do it? And the hack is activate all five senses. So if you're feeling stressed or anxious or you're feeling sad or worried, And you are aware that this isn't an emotion that you want to feel, then just find something you can see, touch, smell, taste. Mm -hmm. And I'm missing one here, here. Okay. So the simplest thing is just one thing. So I'm looking at the fireplace, and then my feet are planted on the ground so I could feel the floor. And I can hear the cars going by outside, and I can smell the candle burning in front of me. So whatever those things are, and I could taste the roof of my mouth. Yeah. So if I'm just focused on activating each five senses like a game, I'm automatically being present. My anxiety level lowers, the my vibration rises, and then I'm able to activate either an idea or a solution or come up with the next step or a faster way of doing something because I'm in the present moment and that's where... All of that, like the most amount of knowledge and power lies is in the present moment.
0: Yeah, it kind of breaks the fear chain. So whatever is creating the chaos, it can't keep doing that because now it's got distracted by the roof of my mouth. That's, that's, <laughs> I right? love that. Yeah, I love that.
1: Right, right. So that's another hack. So awesome. This was so much fun. Great time for me to take back the mic, even though I don't want to. I want to continue to play, play with John in the sandbox. So... I want to make sure we do get to a, at least one question for our listeners before we have to wrap up today. So I would say the question is someone listening today is 18 years old and they have this life in front of them. What can they do to best answer the question? Why am I here?
0: Yeah. I would say that think about the things that you love to do and ask someone who truly is a a really good person, so not someone who's gonna be judgmental or someone who's gonna have a lot of barriers or walls up, but someone who's an open-minded, caring person, can be a best friend, can be a family member if you have that, and ask them what you're great at, because oftentimes we have blinders onto what we're exceptional at. I'm incredibly creative, but my whole life, for the most part, when I was growing up in my 18s, 20s, etc., I just assumed that the way that my brain worked was the way that everybody else's brain worked, and so I didn't realize that I had something that was special. There's plenty of things that I don't do well, but creativity is something that I did extraordinarily well. And so by asking other people, they're able to give you a little guidance, like, "Wow, you're really good at that." Like you just and and a, not only are you good at it, but you really shine when you do that. I notice there's a shift in you when I see you doing this. You know, your face mm-hmm. glows. You smile a lot, your confidence is sort of there, the shoulders are back, there's a little swagger in the step maybe. And so by asking yourself that question and ideally asking other people who you trust, what is that? It can Mm. start to get you there. And then asking that question of what is my dream life and really from a pure place of potential, not here's all the seven reasons why that can possibly be for me. I live in this neighborhood. I come from this background. Like Get rid of all that stuff and just say, listen, what would my dream life be? And once you know what that is, the best technique I've ever discovered is we get so caught up in how do I do that? And those are all obstacles and barriers. So eliminate that to the side and simply ask the question, who is already doing, seeing, and experiencing what I want to do See your experience? Mm. And then allocate your time and your energy and your mental resources to learning about those people and learn what steps they took to get from point A to point B. One of the most life-changing ahas I ever had was that every expert starts off knowing nothing about what they became an expert in <laughs>
1: that's everyone that's yeah. right
0: that's from oprah winfrey to the person who just won the latest nobel prize in chemistry to the per- i mean they all started off knowing nothing about what they became an expert in and that should be so empowering to everyone mm. that you can start off knowing zero but if you find these examples of who's already doing it and you learn everything you can and then you start imitating those steps like you can get there and that can be your life too
1: Oh wow. Such mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is amazing. This is so incredible. I am so inspired and grateful to have you on the show.
0: Thank you for the invitation. It was such a such a great conversation.
1: This is so good. So I'm so full. Like my well is full today. It's <laughs> going to be just overflowing. Everyone's like, No, why are you smiling so much? Yeah. And I'm usually a smiley person, but today I'm gonna to be like just beaming. I have so much to share from what you've shared with me that I can't wait to just pass on. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, just very grateful. And for our listeners, if you have not yet gotten The Cafe on the Edge of the World, what are you waiting for? (laughs) It's profound and it's life-changing. It's transformational. And it's a really easy read. I recommend it for everyone. So please go out and get The Cafe on the Edge of the World. John Stralecki, thank you so much for doing what you do for answering your why, for having that experience and for sharing it with the world and impacting so many lives. Looking forward to reading your other books as well and looking forward to maybe even having you back to talk about one of these other books. I mean, we just touched on some other little hacks that I'm like, (laughs) we need to, we definitely need to get him back. And so I'll read it first and then I'll reach out again. And if we can, that would be amazing. But in the meantime, stay, stay incredible, stay beautiful. All the best to you and your family. And for my listeners, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Unleash Your Supernova, where we are here to help you tap into that limitless potential that lies within you to continue to shine as the bright star that you are. And again, if you have not had a chance to download or subscribe, do it now. And if you love what you've heard today, please, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you have not gotten Unleash Your Supernova, the book yet, what are you waiting for as well? Get it today. It's going to help you on your journey of creative entrepreneurship, increasing creativity and beating burnout. I'm Nova Lorraine. And until next time, ciao.